This CTN Viewpoint is brought to you by Redmain. This is CTN Viewpoint on CIO Talk Network. Welcome listeners. This is Sanjog, all your host, and we are going to discuss on this segment maintaining health IT tool set for PCC, which is patient-centered care. And I have with me Phyllis Teeter, who's the CIO at the Ohio State University Wexner Medical Center. Hello, Phyllis. Thank you for joining us. Hi. It's nice to be here. Thank you for asking. Great to have you. And uh, so what we want to talk about today is essentially about healthcare, which is known to have a heavy use of legacy systems. And we know that while modernization is underway, there is a long way to go. So meanwhile, a lot of software as a service and best of breed point solutions are available and are becoming available. It looks compelling for the business and technology leaders to see if they can adopt it. Now, keeping in mind the patient-centered care, which is the next frontier of how care should be delivered, does this health IT tool set, do we have a, good, a clarity about it, where we are going with it, and would it really serve the purpose, the enterprise perspective that one may want to have for patient-centered care? That's what we want to explore. So, Phyllis, my first question is, what do you think are the specific elements that are needed in a health IT portfolio in order to effectively enable patient-centered care? Well, I think there are a number of elements, some of which per your earlier comments that the industry maybe has figured out, some of which we don't have figured out yet. Uh, So when I think about the things needed to really do patient-centered care, there are a couple of things. One of them is a suite of tools for the patient to engage with. So how do they engage their healthcare digitally or electronically in the same way that they engage their bank and the, the other services in their life? Um, to be able to manage in an efficient but digital format. So when you think about that, it's a portal that allows them to communicate with their doctors, the ability to schedule online. Um, We have a system here at Ohio State that allows us to have the patient access services technologically while they're an inpatient. So when they get admitted to the hospital, they use a bedside tablet to be able to access services connect with their care providers, order their meals, and that kind of thing. So there's, so one whole suite is really those tools, electronic tools, that you offer to the patients to make sure that they are able to interact in an efficient manner. Another element that is needed and at the forefront in the news today is you need to be able to protect their information. So when you think about HIPAA and the way that and the way we're required to protect information, that's for the patient. This is patient privacy. And to make sure that we are keeping their information close to the vest unless they consent to share it. So that's a, that's very difficult given the um, really all of the cyber attacks and crime, and certainly there have been many in the news recently. It's very difficult to ensure that given how, how difficult um, – all of the cyber crime is these days. Um, but that's a second sort of pillar, I would say, of the patient-centered care. The third pillar is to have a robust, and we've chosen, a integrated electronic medical record to make your providers themselves, the doctors and nurses and extenders, efficient. So they can take good care of the patients. They're not spending too much time on the 
computer. They're able to interact with the patient in a natural way, and they have all of the information they need at their fingertips. And then the last area that I talk about just to be um, very, that I don't think we quite kind of have figured out yet in the industry um, is continuing down the road of interoperability. How do I uh, make sure that any provider that's taking care of me has all the information they need? Even if I saw somebody in another state last week, how do I make sure that they have all that information to be able to take care of me in the very best way? Now, using the SaaS-based focused yet isolated point solutions that we may have for health IT. And the promise is that they will help us become nimble and agile. Do you think they will really be conducive for patient-centered care? And what do you think would be the loss or what would be risk losing when it comes to the enterprise perspective if we go this route that is to use SaaS-based or isolated point solutions? So that's a great question. And some of the things to think about there, we try to be very integrated and less best of breed or individual solutions for a particular audience because that's where it becomes difficult. So when you think about like a patient's workflow, for them to maybe renew their prescription on one tool and go to a different app to ask their other doctor a question and go to a different app to do a third thing, that starts to feel difficult and clunky for the patient. And we believe it doesn't provide the best care because they're not seeing an integrated model either. But it's the same thing for clinicians. If they're having to use a bunch of different systems in their workflow, um, this one to do, you know, their their ER visit, but then when the patient gets admitted, we're on a different system. When the patient goes back to their doctor's office, they're on a different system. Again, that's hard for a clinician to feel efficient, like they have all the information at their fingertips um, and all the things that we would need to provide patient-centered care. So in those areas where it's about the individual stakeholder's workflow and efficiency, we tend very much towards an integrated solution that can, can connect the dots for that particular stakeholder in the healthcare process. Where um, remote or hosted systems are very helpful are areas where we um, maybe have a destination point. Where does the information go? Maybe to communicate it to other providers. That's something that's applicable uh, to try to get some efficiencies and some economies of scale by using a, a system that is outsourced and maybe a point solution, um, because it's not um, not not being used by you know the patient and others to try to provide the care um, or, or work their own workflows. So really, it's about the user, the use case for the user, and they need an integrated way to interact with their record and their information, um, or is it something where we're performing a function that has a different stakeholder? Well, so now we can think about a different tool. So what's the best way to rationalize and perhaps evaluate suitability of any legacy health IT application and systems that we may have for patient-centered care? Well, some of the things that are concerning some of the legacy tools find it very hard to keep up with privacy and security standards of today. 
and some of the the difficulties we all have in responding to the risks and threats um, that that are there now in the IT market. Um, and so that's a sure thing to always evaluate with the legacy systems is are they keeping up? And in addition, of course, in healthcare we have, are they keeping up with the regulatory requirements? Are they keeping up with meaningful use? Are they able to do advanced payer interaction to make sure that we're being paid on time and um, in a seamless flow? So really keeping up with the regulatory and payer environment um, is another way to make sure that you're assessing legacy systems' ability to do that, because that's what we see is that over time, their ability to deal with sort of outside influences does start to degrade because the technology is older. And would you say with that said that technology is older and overall we always see health, these legacy health systems, whenever we talk about them, there is some sort of a negative connotation attached to it for some reason because we say technology is old or maybe it will not be able to be flexible with the new workflows that we want. Do you think as part of this patient-centered care initiative, we should try to get rid of these legacy systems? Well, it's a big investment. So I think that... Uh, just because, of course, their legacy system isn't a reason to get rid of them. It is if at the, when they get to the point where maybe their communication protocols are not functioning well because they're older ones and they maybe can't communicate with other systems or when certainly when they have privacy or security concerns um, or workflow concerns that are making a, a particular stakeholder inefficient or uh, make it more difficult for them to do their job. We really look at it on a system-by-system system basis. Because it's an old system, of course, isn't the reason, but because it's no longer able to fit either into our strategy or it's no longer able to support the function because it's, because it's falling behind in the technology world. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back after these messages, and let's explore what are the myths and mistakes that undermine our ability to objectively evaluate and effectively manage the health IT tool set for patient-centered care. And would we be able to somehow accommodate shadow IT, which of course exists in many organizations, to achieve those benefits while still ensuring an enterprise perspective? Very much needed for patient-centered care. Please stay tuned. Listeners, we'll be right back. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. This is CTN Viewpoint on CIO Talk Network. Welcome back, listeners. So, Phyllis, as I mentioned before, the break about the myths and mistakes we always have when it comes to figuring out how to evaluate and effectively manage the health IT tool set in, in context of patient-centered care. So what are those, and is there a way creative way to still accommodate shadow IT, which we know in many cases exists, while still being able to create that enterprise perspective is so much need for, for getting this PCC or patient-centered care dream. Sure. Um, so 
I think the most common myth and, and maybe mistake that I see and that we encounter here, I believe, is that we often uh, have a tool that we have either seen or that is coming in one of our existing systems that we think the tool sounds really exciting and we start talking about what to use the tool for and sort of forget traditional IT um, and problem-solving um, sort of foundation, which is we need to know what problem we're solving to pick the right tool. Um, and we tend, and we've had some examples here that I could talk about where we see a tool that sounds fantastic and we try to use it for something and we realize it's not the right tool to solve the problem. We're solving the wrong problem. Um, and so really to start with, you know, what problem do we want to solve when we're assessing tools? And, and so, for instance, we've been looking at the use of uh, video visits, which is really, can you do an online visit with a physician? There are some clinical cases where that is appropriate, um, but we need to be sure that we would be using that to solve the right problem. If we are looking to make sure that our patients are able to see their physician when it's convenient for the patient, if it's really about making our current patients' lives easier, we would use a tool, um, a video visit tool that integrates right into our existing physician's workflow. So, you know, they would be in the office, they would see a patient in their office, and then they might go um, in the clinic, a, a patient in person, and then they might go back to their office and see a patient in their next appointment slot on video. So when you think about, you know, we would use a certain tool set to enable that workflow, but if we are hoping perhaps to expand our capacity to see a certain kind of patient, we might use a different tool because it's not an appointment we can offer from our current doctors because we want to expand capacity and maybe our doctors have, are at full capacity. So when you think about which tool to use, um, always to validate that back against the problem that, um, that you are trying to solve to be absolutely sure that you are solving um, the problem with the right tool because there are so many wonderful um, very helpful tools available to us now in healthcare IT, um, and our users are becoming very savvy about um, about what tools are uh, uh, can um, really help them. Just to make sure we're always going back to the problem we're trying to solve. And so we know that the new health IT tools will continue to evolve, and we will yep. have more temptations, if you will, or more <laughs> different tools that we want to you know, accommodate. So every time when we do it, would there be a standard guideline you'd propose which will help us evaluate objectively as we bring those in or sunset them, the, the suitability for patient-centered care? So we're not just doing this willy-nilly. Right. And that, that is the, the art and the science, I think, of picking the right suite of tools to help us achieve patient-centered care. And it's really playing out and doing tabletop exercises, which we do here, to make sure you understand from a use case, okay, so how's the physician going to use that and in what circumstance? Same thing with a patient-centric, you know, a tool that the actual patient would use. Okay, when's the patient going to use it? How are they going to hear about it? How do they know it's time to use the tool? So it's, it's often about the contextual 
situation in which a patient or a caregiver or a staff person is using the tool to make sure it's the right tool. So to always have that, that use case and the understanding of how the, the stakeholder interacts with the tool to validate that we're buying a tool that's going to solve the, the, the need that we have. We, again, looked at some tools we were wanting to do. Um, we've done a lot of discussion around online visits. We, were, we um, had a particular surgical population that we thought that their follow-up appointment would be an option to do via an online tool and be able to do a video visit. And upon investigation, found that, you know, as we kind of walked through the tabletop discussion, that we actually had payer contracts, many of our contracts, where it was required for the follow-up to be in person. It said right in the contract. So, you know, we wanted um, to be sure that we're following our, our payer regulations and our payer requirements. Um, and so we realized, oh, that's not the right tool to try to make that patient's life easier because they're required to come back actually in person. With the changing business landscape, and we know technology innovation is on a fast track anyways, what tried and test practices do you recommend for managing and governing health ID tool set at all times, especially in context of patient-centered care? I think um, applying that test for are we improving um, the delivery, either efficiency, safety, are we um, really using a tool that hits our, um, our organizational goals in terms of improving you know, quality, um, improving efficiency, uh, providing experience for the patient that is the most convenient way um, to be able to acquire that service and just really developing what are our core values in terms of selecting tools and deploying them and then and then making sure that every time we look at a tool, we really match them up against those characteristics and make sure that we are not um, that we are not because it's a big investment and we're not investing in tools and deploying tools and offering tools that end up not hitting the mark in terms of the goals um, of delivering patient-centered care. We've, there's been many, um, many tools, I think, that have been purchased by organizations, and we have a couple, too, where they end up not being useful. Fortunately, that doesn't happen too often here at Ohio State, um, but we have, you know, been known to believe that we were um, investing in a new tool or a new process, even if it was just um, using one of our existing tools um, that was going to work. So we test for that. Um, we're fortunate to have a link with our research organization here at the medical center that does um, biomedical informatics research, and they are able to help us validate that. So choose metrics that help you make your goal, that help you meet your goal and make sure that you're measuring those when you start piloting a tool or deploying a tool to make sure you are actually achieving um, the solutions that you, um, that you sort of envisioned when you purchased the tool. Once again, thank you, Phyllis, for sharing your thoughts and insights about how we can best develop an optimum health IT tool set in order to achieve patient-centered care dream. Thank you. And listeners, I invite you to find more conversations about IT-driven patient-centered care as part of our Health IT series 
at ciotalknetwork.com forward slash rethink H-I-T. This is CTN Viewpoint on CIO Talk Network. This CTN Viewpoint is brought to you by Redmain. 